0: I'm a child of God, having my hand, powerful word of God, change lives, heal broken hearts, and let us read it on Christmas Day. Here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today, speak to me, In Jesus' name, Amen. Look at your neighbor and said, can't wait to get home. I hope all of you get what you wanted to get for Christmas. If any of you got a, if any of you got a big screen, flat panel LED TV that's about 50 to 60 inches, and you don't want it, the church could use it. So just throwing that out there for whatever you know. Remember. If I could throw some guilt on you, that'd be great. No, we're good. Christmas top 10. Thought it'd be fun today. David Letterman. He, he was one of his most popular. Things he would do on his show every, uh, every night. He would do the top ten list. And there's always goofy lists. And so I ran across the top ten list in the David Letterman style for Christmas. So I think Jeff has them on the slides and he'll he'll pop them up. Number ten. Without Christmas, the candied fruit market would collapse. Think about it. Okay? And you wouldn't have a doorstop. <laughs> Number nine, without Christmas, our slow, uneventful lives would have no stress whatsoever. (laughs) Number eight, without Christmas, barking dogs wouldn't have a music career. Seven, without um, Christmas, Santa would only be a really weird, fat guy with poor fashion sense. Number six, without Christmas, there would be no Christmas bonuses. Number five, without Christmas, you'd have to waste money buying all your own underwear and socks. Without Christmas, your cat would never know the joy of coughing up tinsel. I was worried about that one anyway. Number three, without Christmas, December would feel a lot like February. (laughs) Thanksgiving. Okay, never mind. Well, you guys are really tired today. Number two, without Christmas, eggnog becomes just a disgusting beverage. We, we have all we have found a point here, okay. And then the number one reason for keeping Christmas alive is without Christmas there would be no Easter. Think about it. You don't have Easter if you don't have Christmas, Amen. So, so much of our emphasis is made in our secular society about the Christmas holiday season, and it's important that when that when we come into this type of season, we name who it is that's important for the season, and that's Jesus. One of the things that I've been appreciative of is a lot of stores who didn't say Merry Christmas for the last eight years are all saying it now. And someone put on Facebook the other day and said, wonder why that changed. I can tell you exactly why it changed. It's because the emphasis from the top down is changing. When the emphasis at the top changes, it affects everyone. Okay? So say Merry Christmas, we'll hurt you. In fact, I was calling around last night because I was home this morning, you know, got up by myself, and I thought, hmm, there's nothing to eat in this house. She did really good by letting it all get eaten yesterday, and there's nothing here. And the dog food didn't look too appetizing, so I thought, maybe McDonald's. Now, I hop. They said, sir, we're open 24 hours a day, 365 days a week. We never close. I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. They said, well, we'll be here to serve you if you need us here. And then they said, and Merry Christmas. I said, can you say that again? Merry Christmas. It was awesome. Absolutely. Why can't we feel emboldened to share Christ? It's his season. This is our season. Second to Easter, this is the most important Christian season there is. Now, I appreciate Jeff being kind and having pity on me and, he came and had breakfast with me at Hop. so I didn't have to eat by myself. And it was very nice of him to do that. But we hadn't had a chance to really catch up with each other uh, one-on-one like that, so it was good. So I thought I would hitchhike on this top ten thing and, and give you top ten people who gathered at Christmas. Number ten was Herod. Herod was known as the foe. It was the first of several Herods. He was known as Herod the Great. He is actually an Edomite, a descendant of Esau, the hairy one. Although he took on the title King of the Jews, he really wasn't. He was a great builder, among other things, rebuilding the temple. He was sometimes a great ruler, returned taxes in times of economic despair, and even melted down gold objects in the palace during famine and used it to buy food for the poor. But there was another side of Herod that was exactly opposite He often acted like a madman He was very jealous and did everything he could To keep his power He had his brother-in-law, his wife, his mother-in-law And three sons killed Matthew 2, 1-8 through says Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea In the days of Herod the king Behold there was a wise man from the east to Jerusalem Saying where is he that is born of the king of the Jews For he has seen his star in the east And are come to worship him and when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of you shall come a governor that shall rule my people of Israel. And then Herod, when he had... Privately called the wise men and inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. He sent to them to Bethlehem and said, "Go and search diligently for the young child, and we found him. Bring him, bring me word again, and I will come and worship him also." Well, we know what his intentions were. Matthew 2:16 also talks about how he mocked the wise men. The, the bottom line that re, that Herod wanted to find him was cruel. He was cruel. He wanted to kill him. And, but what motivated him His unbelief. There's a lot of people in this day and age that just don't believe in God. It just amazes me. A baby's born. If you've ever been around when a baby's born, there is no way that you can say there's no God. How do, how do a sperm and a seed make this baby? Wow. And my newest grandson, he was nine pounds, eight ounces. He got all kinds of Phillips running through him. It's all kinds of Phillips. He's got, the, he got them rolls of fat. Man, I love it. And why is it it's okay when you're a baby like that, but when I've got rolls of fat, people go, Ew. I can't get a laugh out of any of you guys at all. Thank you. I mean, one out of 30, come on. He was a foe of Christ. He didn't want Christ to succeed. He didn't want it to happen. Acts 16.31 says, they, And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. You and your house. Hebrews 11.6, Without faith it's impossible to please Him. So faith's important. Number nine... The prophets, they were the foretellers. Our verse, our memory verse, Isaiah 7:14, uh, Isaiah 9:6. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his in his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I've given you all of these references in your uh, up the board, so you want to write them down. They're not they're not on an outline in your in your Bible or in your bulletin. Number eight is Zacharias and Elizabeth, the faithful. Luke one five through 7, 1 Corinthians four two, it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Revelation two ten. Be you faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Number seven, Simeon and Anna. They were the fulfilled. In Luke two, it tells their story. And uh, then in 1 Corinthians one thirty we said we find, But by but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And then there's the wise men, number six. They were the followers. Uh, Matthew 2, 1 and 2. Matthew 2, 9, and 11, 9 through 11. Matthew two twelve says this, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. You see, when God wants something to happen, He'll make it happen. <clears throat> you can try to intervene. You can try to go a different route. You can try to do it a different way. But when God needs you to do something and He has a purpose for you, believe me, He's going to make it happen most unlikely people that will get in your way are the most unlikely people who will come to help you. You ever broke down the side of the road? I remember when uh, Brad, uh, Brad and Bryant uh, tell the story, but Brad, I think, was by himself. He was going to Hobart, and it was pouring down rain. And just outside of town, he had a flat. So he gets outside the car, and he pulls out the spare, and he starts to lay down on the ground. And he hears a truck pull up behind him and stop. He said, and the biggest looking redneck guy he's ever seen in his life gets out of the truck. He said, and here I am, this black guy laying under a car with it all jacked up, thinking he's going to drop the jack on my head or something. So he immediately went to the stereotypical response. Maybe you're the redneck laying under the truck and the black guy stops. Sometimes people's mind, you see what I'm saying? But the guy came up and he said, hey, young fellow, you need some help? He said, no, I think I got it. He said, well, I'm going to stay out here and help you anyway. Hey, that's all right, isn't it? Taught Brad a lesson, taught all of us a lesson. He's not here so I could share that story, so don't tell him I told you. Then you got number five, the shepherds. They were the hearers. God was not going to do the most terrific thing that ever happened in behalf of the human race without somebody knowing about it. If you were here last night, you saw a clip from um, Southland Church out in uh, Lexington. That was a great one. We might have to play that before we leave, Jeff. It's, it's on the desktop if you want to bring it over into there you can, you can it's actually it's down in the media part if you want to find it and we'll see it this it's really it's worth watching again see God wasn't going to send his son without somebody welcome without somebody welcoming him here knowing that he was coming God chose men who were humble even despised in occupation to hear about the birth of his son you see he will always use those who have availability over those who have Ability. He will do it every time. I've heard people ask, how in the world could a man like Donald Trump become president of the United States? Well, I'm here to tell you, God can use men like him because he's surrounding himself with men who are believers in Christ. Just start listening to them. Start listening to what they're saying. It's an amazing thing. Now, I don't know where his heart is. I hope that his heart is convinced and, and, and changed. And a lot of preachers that say it has, but I don't know that personally. But you know what I do know? Is my God is able. He can take whoever and still use them. So let's pray. This is our shot, folks. This is our time. You feel emboldened to say Merry Christmas? Then you need to stand up and be emboldened to talk about the resurrection of Jesus because that's our next big event coming up in, in the spring. Shepherds were common men. Jesus was a common man. John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known by my sheep. And what do we know about these shepherds? They were alert. They were alarmed. They were advised. They were active. They were announcers. They were appreciative. Luke 2, 20 says, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. The number four are the angels. Number four that are around the birth of Christ. The angels. They were the heralds, the H E R A L D S, that we sang about earlier. Uh, without them proclaiming it in Luke 2, 10 through 12, and Luke 2, 13 through 14, without them making that proclamation and the voice coming from heaven, you know, nobody would have known. Number three around the birth of Jesus Joseph. He was the helper. Matthew 1, 18 and 19. Matthew 1, 20 and 21. 24 and 25. Matthew 2, 13 through 14. All key verses in describing Joseph and how he was a helper to Mary and to bring the baby Jesus to life. But you know, the real essence of it is that God doesn't need our help. But he has graciously chosen to use us. The greatest way to help God is to be available and to do what He's calling you to do. Somebody asked me, so what's the will of God? Whatever you're doing right now is the will of God. That's God's will for you. If you're waiting for a sign, a neon sign to come in the sky, it says, don't wait. Whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Whatever job you have, whatever task you're about, do it to the glory of God. If you got to pick up trash, pick it up with, with the gusto of God. I took the trash out the other day and I lifted the lid on the, on the uh, uh, dumpster outside and I saw a furry animal laying in there. And I thought, what is that? Well, luckily I poked it with something. It was a big old possum. Man, he spun around and showed me all those glistening teeth. That boy's been on a teeth whitener program, I can tell you. I covered him up some more. I, I threw some more stuff in there. Then I got chewed out. Well, you should have let him out of there. Shrieking, and grabbed him by the tail. I said, you would? I said, you know, if God commanded me to take up a serpent, I would. But he didn't, and I'm not. So it's not going to happen. And I wasn't about to grab some possum grinning at me in the trash bin. He got in there, he can get himself out. Number two, around the birth of Jesus is obviously Mary, the handmaiden, the servant. Luke 1, 37-38, Luke 2, 9, Luke 19. But I think she embodies Romans 12, 1 that says, I, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. She didn't know what was going on. She didn't have any real... She just didn't. She's a teenager. But she fulfilled her purpose that God had called her to do. And then number one is Jesus. Jesus was the most important person around the birth time of our Savior. Isaiah 9, 6, 1 Peter 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively, a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Titus 2, 13, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and Savior our Savior Jesus Christ. So real quickly, number 10, Herod the foe, nine prophets, the foretellers, eight, Zacharias and Elizabeth the faithful, uh, seven, Simeon and Anna the fulfilled, six, wise men, they were the followers, five was the shepherds, the hearers, four was the angels, the heralds, uh, three was Joseph the helper, two was Mary the handmaiden, and of course Jesus, the hope. So the question of the hour is, do you have hope? If you don't, there's a way you can get it, and today would be your day. Today would be your day. We have an invitation song that David's going to come to play. Jesus, I come. It's not Christmas related, but boy, it's a great song. And uh, if God's on your heart to make a decision, would you today? As we uh, stand and sing this together. As soon as I almost got David up there, he's got a he's got a tow rope pulling. Up.